We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space podcast. It's going to be a good day today. Why? Because I have the amazing Mr. Seth with me here today. It is so good to be here with you, Lacey. Today. I know. It's so wonderful. I haven't actually physically seen you in like three months. 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 Which is crazy. That is crazy. A quarter of a year. I don't like to look at it like that. Me neither. That's awful. Let's look away. Okay. (laughs) So today we're continuing our conversation on online communities. So for an entire month, we're going to be talking about online community building. Okay. Last week with Adrian, I talked about defining what an online community is. And today we're going to talk about a topic that Rachel is writing about, which is the platforms or tools that we can use to build online communities. Does that sound good to you? It does. Um, Before we jump right in, though, this is my first week into this. So would you just give us a quick rundown of what is an online community? Yes, of course. So the really solid definition Adrian gave that I will quote is, An online community is a group of people online that are held together by a common thread of shared values or interests. Okay. Does that make good sense? It does. Actually, I listened to that podcast and I loved that definition of it because that was smart. Yeah. She's brilliant. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So a group of people basically talking to each other, connected through the internet, Mm -hmm who have a shared set of values or interests, okay? Okay. So let's talk about what kinds of tools or platforms you can use to build them. Does that sound okay? That sounds like a great plan. Okay. We're going to start with kind of just normal brand pages or accounts, okay? Okay. So you've got a social media account. Maybe you've got a Facebook page. Maybe you've got an Instagram account. You've got a Twitter account, a LinkedIn page. Anyone who is following you or has liked your page basically is a part of your community. Okay. Okay. Does that make good sense? It does. Okay. So I want to break down each of those platforms actually draw different types of communities. The way that people interact with social media platforms is different from platform to platform, right? Yeah. What kind of platforms do you have? What do you um, have accounts on all the all the channels? I don't actually. I'm not a fan of Twitter. I just it's not me. I'm mostly Facebook and Instagram. I okay. really like Instagram. And you don't play on LinkedIn much? I have a LinkedIn account, but it's suffering. Really? It is. <laughs> it buzzes it like buzzes my phone every now and then. I'm like, oh, it's LinkedIn. <laughs> you've already got a full time job and a part time job. You're like, leave I, me alone. <laughs> it's yeah. I can't I can't do one more. That's craziness. Okay, so on Facebook specifically, let's say you've got a Facebook business page or a brand page and the community that you draw to a Facebook page often is drawn there because they want to have dialogue about something. Okay. So on Facebook, when we are creating content for ourselves and for our clients, the ultimate goal is engagement on these posts, right? Yeah. We want people to be liking the posts. We want people to be commenting on the posts. We want them to be sharing the posts. Now, People are drawn into these communities because they want to talk about a topic on Facebook. Right. Have you seen this? Yes. I mean- oh, yeah, for sure. Well, hence the the shared values. I mean, that's the whole point of Facebook is 
to get the people together that agree on something and we call them our Facebook friends. Yes. <laughs> and then if it's a brand page, those are our followers. Exactly. That's our community. These are the people who are interested about this topic and they want to talk about it. Yes. So they're going to follow your page to be able to converse in the comment sections of your posts. Yep. Okay. Let's move to Instagram. So Instagram is quite a bit less dialogue focused. It's much more focused on what inspires people right. or what kind of information people are starting to try to learn. Okay. Yeah. So information and inspiration is really what draws people together on Instagram. So the communities that you're building on Instagram should be focused on what is inspiring people and what you can teach people or what you can share. Okay. Certainly there is some dialogue that happens in the comments sections, but your direct message conversations are actually what get a lot more attention from an Instagram community. Okay. So you shouldn't be going to Instagram to try and build a conversation about something. You should be going there to educate, to to put forth your stuff and then rely on them to instant message you or whatever back if they have the questions and stuff like that. Absolutely. The way that we craft an Instagram post, we might not ask a question the same way that we would ask a question in the content of our Facebook post. Okay. You'll notice that Facebook posts, at least from our brand, a lot of times the post content is a lot shorter mm -hmm. because we're trying to drive that conversation to the comment sections. Whereas on Instagram, our post content is actually quite a bit longer because we're making more of a statement and yeah. we're sharing more information. The conversational part of Instagram happens a lot more through Instagram stories, right? like using the question boxes on Instagram stories or the poll on Instagram stories. Yep. That's where some dialogue happens back and forth. But primarily... What? What are the two things on Instagram primarily? On Instagram, you're primarily putting forth information. And inspiration. Inspiration. <laughs> you're so close. Was, that second one, I was like, we're just educating people. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I do have a question for you yes. on Instagram. So, And it could just be my own ADD, but I also feel like Instagram is more focused towards visual. Yes. Because like on Facebook, you can put a post with no pictures or anything like that. But I go to Instagram to see the pictures. If there's something informational, I go there to see the diagram that they've put with it to see. So am I correct in assuming that it is also more of a visual aid platform for your community than like Facebook or LinkedIn? Yeah. And you can even see the way that that information is presented to you, right? On Facebook, your post content goes above your photo or your graphic, whereas yeah. on Instagram, any post content goes underneath of mm -hmm. the photo or graphic. And so that should tell you right there as well. Yep. That's what people are there for is much more for the visual, what they can take in from seeing the picture than it is on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let's move to Twitter. So Twitter is a platform that is going to yield communities primarily based on news and information. And it is a very dialogue heavy platform, but focused primarily on these like news, current event topics, really that information, right? People yeah. are sharing what's happening right now. They're sharing their opinions on what's happening <laughs> right now. That's really the majority of Twitter. And I'll be honest, it's one of my least favorite platforms too. Is it? <laughs> it is. I think it's because I am a highly visual person mm -hmm. and the visual aspect of Twitter is much less important comparatively. So my favorite is Instagram. Yeah. 
because I really like to take in information from a visual nature as opposed to having to read a lot of words. A lot, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm not a huge fan either. I love just scrolling through and looking at the images and just glancing at the words yes. at the bottom. That's that's me. Yes, I also don't read books. I listen to them, right? Because mm -hmm. my mind starts going somewhere else if I'm just looking at words, so. Yeah. On Twitter, mm -hmm. do you have the opportunity to actually leave comments and stuff like that? Or is it just simply, I like this, I can retweet it? You can reply. You can yes. reply. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what the actual dialogue was again i i'm yes. not a twitter person so. and then it becomes like a thread you know and so oh, okay. it's almost forum-esque where you've got i was gonna threads. say it's almost like a blog post mm -hmm. yeah. where where someone goes in and leaves a comment and then you just have the threads that's awesome but then there's of course the that twitter has that character count right mm -hmm. the limited character count so that doesn't keep people from just doing a series of no. tweet replies <laughs> <laughs> as i was saying <laughs> exactly <laughs> Okay, so that's Twitter. Now for LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you're primarily getting industry-focused communities, okay? Yeah. So I am a social media marketer. The content that I put out is primarily about marketing and social media marketing. So I'm going to yield an audience of followers who cares about that industry. Okay. I'll also yield followers who are regional, right? Mm. So like the people who you are networking with in yeah. your local business community, they might not have anything to do with marketing or whatever your industry is, but they know you because you're at the same coffee shops all right. the time, yeah. you know? So LinkedIn, primarily professional, industry-related, and local okay. kind of content. You've covered most of the pages and stuff like that on social media. What are some of the other ways you can build a community online? So we haven't talked yet about groups. Oh, I love groups. Okay, so there's two different types of groups that I want to talk about today. One is Facebook groups and the other is LinkedIn groups. Okay. So let's start with Facebook groups. You and I did an entire podcast on Facebook groups. We did. So you yeah. can always go back and reference that. I think the title was like Facebook groups for business or something like that. I think that. that's what it was. Or marketing or Facebook, Facebook groups as a form of marketing. I forget what I, it was I forget called. what it was too. It was um, so long ago. Here's the thing that's wonderful about a Facebook group. So you've got a Facebook brand page, right? Yeah. And, you know, you're using that to attract an audience who is interested in having a dialogue with you about specific topics. Now, when you bring them into a group, especially a private group on Facebook, what you're doing is you're increasing the amount of intimacy between the group. Okay. Why is that? Because it's a private thing. It's not like a page where everyone can see it. Only the people that are within the group can see it. So people feel a little bit more open, more willing to share just because they do have that little bit of privacy. They're among people that have shared values. Yeah, exactly. And I would argue that even beyond shared values, oftentimes shared experiences, mm. right? Like I, I'll think, for instance, our Spryspace group, you know, the reason that it's more comfortable and more intimate is that many of us are experiencing similar things at the same time. Yeah. And so it's a place where we can say, okay, I know these people are thinking this too and experiencing this too. So I'm going to be open and vulnerable and speak about it here, but I wouldn't necessarily comment it on that same brand's post right? right yeah and honestly that's a bit of wisdom too right because it gives you that outlet so it's it's a good thing yeah there's two different types of linkedin groups there are wait what linkedin has groups <laughs> yes you didn't oh, you didn't know i honestly didn't know i know as as we were preparing and coming up with the list of tools of platforms that you can use to build communities online some of us had never been in a LinkedIn group and didn't even know they existed. So this has been a learning experience for us too. Awesome. 
So LinkedIn has both listed and unlisted group. Obviously, a listed group, you still actually have to request to join. Okay. But you could search. Like, for instance, I might go on and search social media marketing. Mm -hmm. And I can see a list of any groups that include social media marketing or anything close to social media marketing in the title. I can request to join. Now, all of the groups are industry specific. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So on Facebook, you can basically make a group about anything and <laughs> you can just state in the description, this is what we're about, yeah. you know, and you can approve or deny based on anything, yeah. you know. On LinkedIn, you have to create industry-specific groups. So you can have up to three industries listed when you create a group. Okay. But that is kind of the defining factor of whether or not somebody should or shouldn't be let into a group is whether or not they have a career or a job title that is listed within those given industries. Yeah, which makes sense for LinkedIn because LinkedIn itself is designed around careers, around jobs, around your business. It's not really a social media platform where you're just being social as an individual. It's more targeting your career so yeah you don't you won't see on linkedin like beer crawl <laughs> at me at the mall <laughs> unless you work unless at the mall i started and you that might, yeah. one um <laughs> oh boy <laughs> So they are going to be much more focused the same way that LinkedIn content and LinkedIn followers are going to be focused based on region, based on profession, industry. That's what the LinkedIn groups are going to be focused on, too. Okay. Anytime that you have groups, if you want them to be efficient or effective for you, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, you have to find that happy medium between groups that are oversaturated, right, where there's a million people in them and you're never going to actually make <laughs> a good connection with anybody or build any real relationship right and groups that are just barely starting and so they you know it's like heavy lifting <laughs> when you just start a group and you've got like 10 people and you're trying to grow it then yeah. there's a lot of heavy lifting to do and a lot of responsibility so whether you're using it to build a group or you're using it to just be part of a community you have to find that nice middle ground in size to okay. be able to really have it be effective for you cool okay We've talked about actual pages and accounts, and we've talked about groups, but there are a few other ways that online communities start to form. Do you want to know about them? I do want to know about them. <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> One of them, which is probably what people would consider the most obvious, is hashtags, mm. okay? You know that I dog on hashtags sometimes yes. because they irritate me because people overuse them and they try to categorize their content with words that aren't necessarily in line with what their content is actually about. So I give hashtags a bad name sometimes. Yep. However, hashtags can be a very effective way to bring people together around a common idea and they work across multiple platforms, right? Okay, yeah. So Facebook is probably where you use hashtags the least, mm -hmm. but on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, you can use a hashtag across all the platforms and you can find content about whatever that hashtag is about. Right. Just to be totally blatant, right? The most obvious one we can think of right now is like hashtag Black Lives Matter. Yes. Right? Sure. That is a hashtag that has really, really become this huge movement. And if you want to know anything about what's going on, you can just search for that hashtag. If you want to be part of that community, you can post with that hashtag. So hashtags really can be a very powerful way to bring a community together across multiple platforms. Yeah. Just to share this, I, because you dog on hashtags a lot, I follow this one hashtag. It's a victory garden. I okay. think it was actually created by Miracle Grow. Okay. Um, but it's literally when you're super proud of your plants that you've grown, you take pictures of oh, them and you cool. do victory garden. I love it. 
every once in a while though, I will get an ad that has a victory garden hashtag and it has nothing to do with gardening at all. And it makes me so mad. And so it's I, rude. It is rude. So I've actually started doing unhappy frowny face on every single one of the ads. <laughs> like, I am not happy with you for using my hashtag. So I, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Of course I'm, I do. I'm like, I'm fighting back against hashtag abusers. <laughs> Good job. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and I like the victory garden idea. I oh, could yeah. I could post on that. I, my garden's growing pretty well right now. Oh, you should. Mm-hmm. I'm posting like crazy. Like Good. every day, my tomato plants, other people don't notice the change. I'm like, you're taller. I just know it. Snap a shot. <laughs> victory, victory garden. garden. <laughs> 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 okay, so hashtags is one. Another one is Kickstarter communities. Okay, so I have worked with a company that has run quite a few successful Kickstarters, and the community of people who get behind a creator of a new invention, a new product, that's what's cool about Kickstarter communities. If you have a product, if you have an invention, if you have an idea mm-hmm. that you don't have funding to get, but you want to put the idea out there and start to get people to care and to to invest in it, yeah. Kickstarter is an amazing place to do that. If you have passion for something and you share it well on Kickstarter, then you can get backers, is what they're called, who will put money into your project. Mm. And what happens is that you start to get a group of people who are invested in your idea. Right. And they get to be a part of the product development, the manufacturing and get to get updates over time about how that process is going. When you go to Target and you buy a stupid like exercise ball, you don't know who came up with that idea. You don't know who made it. You know, there's no relationship with the item, right? Right. The cool thing about Kickstarter communities is you start to build this audience of people who are actually invested in your success, who know the person who came up with the idea of the product that you're receiving. And so it does build this really deep relationship between creators and customers that's unique as an online community. That's fantastic. Have you ever backed something on Kickstarter? I have. Haven't, but I really, really like the idea. My mind wandered a little bit while you were talking. I was like, what a great way to also keep the original product going when people try to copy it. Because obviously we have copyright laws, but all you have to do is change it a little bit and suddenly it's a new product. Yes. But if you have an entire community that is invested in your product from the beginning, when these other ones popped up, they probably aren't going to be as likely to succeed because you've already got everyone that's like, no, I belong to this one. I, I backed it on yeah, Kickstarter when you, it was an idea. Then you've got this group of people who go for you to that product and say, no, this no. is not the original. I know the, you know, they, yeah. they have this sense of ownership yeah. when they've been a part of it through the development. So it's really neat. It, that is really cool. It's really cool. You should explore it more. You I'm should definitely back something. going to, I'm going to back something. <laughs> okay, good. Also, let's say for instance, that you don't want to rely on other platforms, right? You don't yeah. want to rely on social media platforms. You don't want to rely on Kickstarter. You want to build something that is entirely under your control that's when things like online forums come into play, okay? So sometimes there are industry-specific forums. Sometimes, for instance, the one that I know best is something called Board Game Geek, okay? (laughs) It is a forum all about board games, right? And so instead of this company, Board Game Geek, having to put stuff on Kickstarter all the time and have all their communication happening on Kickstarter. Their communication is happening on a platform that they own and they manage. So it's their audience, you know, and they're not controlled by the things that change on other social media platforms or that kind of thing. 
So the pro to that, more control. The con is more control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a lot of work and responsibility to actually be responsible for even the technology behind an online forum and right. being able to keep that operating at a level that works properly for people. Yeah. So you won't find a lot of small brands like the brands that we often work with who are using their own online forums. But it is right. a way yeah. to build an online community if you please. Yeah. The only other things that I want to touch on is like Reddit. I stay clear of Reddit. I hear that it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> you know, the Reddit <laughs> threads, you never know what you're going to find. It's terrifying. But it is a way that a lot of online communities are built. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that too. Yep. Okay, I think that's all of the tools that I wanted to mention. Yay. Okay, so we've got brand pages mm -hmm. on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. We've got groups on Facebook and LinkedIn. We've got hashtag campaigns, Kickstarter communities, online forums, Reddit. I'm sure that there's quite a few more. There but is, I'm like, sure. how many do we really need? <laughs> you know? At least one more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so any questions? Anything that you think I didn't cover about these tools that you can use to build online communities? I don't think so. I think we've we've covered it pretty thoroughly. Okay, great. So if you want to read the rest of this, Rachel has an entire blog that will be dedicated to it. And other than that, at the end of every Spryspace podcast <laughs> episode, I ask you where you've been working lately since we are a totally remote team. Sometimes we're working fun places. Sometimes we're working boring places. Where? Yeah. Have you been working, Seth? So actually, I'm really excited about this answer because with this whole like quarantine stay at home thing, I got really adventurous and I moved from my office to the living room. <gasps> I know. I know. I was like, it was it was epic. It was the best. How's your back sitting on the couch? How do you manage? It was it was rough. I had to go back to my yoga ball in the Did in you? the office. Yeah. When you sit on the couch to work, do you leave your feet on the ground? Do you put them up? I on put the them couch? up on the couch. I do too. I am a lounger when I, I work too. from the couch. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the only way. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If if I was gonna sit straight up and down on the couch, I might as well just go back to the desk. You know where I've been working lately? Where the floor? I'm a floor worker. Really? I spent my entire college career. I had a desk in my room, but it just was more like a shelf. You know, I just put stuff on yeah. it. In college, I spent the entire time sitting on the floor with my laptop on my bed. And <laughs> that was like my little spot. That's how I did all of college. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I still do it now. I don't work from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We appreciate you all so much. If you loved hearing about this and you want to hear more from us, where can you find us, Seth? Well, if they rewind the podcast to the beginning, all of those pages that were listed, <laughs> except for maybe Twitter. We have one. We just don't care about <laughs> exactly. it Exactly. They can search at ThinkSpry. They can go to ThinkSpry.com. Honestly, we are everywhere. And we're most especially probably proud of our Spryspace Facebook group. Yeah, we are. Um, that's the place where we're really trying to aggregate as many social media managers as possible, anybody who manages social media accounts. And we're having really good conversations in there. Things that people are uncomfortable talking about anywhere else, they are getting some brainstorming, some troubleshooting, some support from yeah. other social media managers. Yeah. And just to throw a little plug in there, especially during these times, I mean, you might be thinking, I want to post this on my page, but I should really get some feedback and not know who to ask. Spryspace would be a great place to come and drop it in, whether it's on the coronavirus or the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on. We'll give you honest feedback and let you know maybe change the wording or this is beautiful go for it we'll encourage you to have a, a plan to back it up with action because that is very important when you're posting on social media so 
just a little plug for Spry Space there. Yes, perfect. Okay, we appreciate you all so much. Thank you for spending some time with us. We hope you have a good day, a good night, wherever you are, and we hope you keep learning. Yep. Talk to you soon. Bye.